As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. If you're not yet a subscriber to The Athletic, now's the time with our best offer ever. Sign up today and you'll pay just £1 a month for the next six months, giving you unrivaled insight and analysis of everything Euro 2020 and taking you well into the new Premier League season two. The Athletic is the only place you can read pieces by award-winning writers like Michael Cox, Rafa Honigstein, Amy Lawrence and Daniel Taylor. And when you subscribe, you'll also get ad-free versions of all of The Athletic's podcasts from across its audio network. Head to theathletic.com slash totally and become a subscriber today for six quid until the end of the year. That's theathletic.com slash totally. Good afternoon, passengers. This is a pre-boarding announcement for flight 89. Please have your boarding pass and identification ready. Baku, Sevilla, Amsterdam, Glasgow, München, Sankt Petersburg, Bukarest, Budapest, Copenhagen, Roma, London. Unbelievable. Yes. Football Show at the Euros. Wales through, but Ethan Amper don't go over the top of the ball like that in the modern game. Elsewhere, Switzerland grateful to Shakiri's Turkey Twizzler as flops fly home. Plus Monday's action, who will join Belgium in making it out of Group B, whilst there's plenty to play for in Group C. This is the Totally Football Show in association with Paddy Power. <laughs> Well, the second Sunday at Euro 2020 saw Group A get wrapped up. Wales finished second despite losing to Italy. Switzerland looked good for a place in the last 16 too after dispatching Turkey with Matthews-like ruthlessness. Uh, joining me, Matt, we've got a debutant in the pod today. You'll have heard her commentating at Euro 2020 for the BBC. Welcome to Team Totally, Robin Cowan. Oh, thanks, Matt. I think only the purists would have heard me commentating the last couple of games, um, <laughs> dubbed the two, possibly the two worst games in the tournament. So well done if you have heard. It's going to be third time lucky with 08 Spain versus Slovakia. Uh, yeah, moving swiftly on. Uh, best to stick a veteran alongside a newcomer. In that spirit, the Jordan Henderson to Robin's Jude Bellingham. Duncan Alexander <laughs> is back for more. Hi, Duncan. Hello, Matt. Let's get to those Group A games then, starting with the meeting of the top two. 
You're listening to the Totally Football Show, sponsored by Paddy Power and part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Se seguirà questo consiglio a distanza, infatti si allontana dal pallone per attivare il corso in mezzo alla deviazione. Rete! Siamo avanti noi! Pestina ha portato in vantaggio la nostra nazionale esattamente al minuto 39. Now, according to producer Ben's Euros fact sheet, there are over 300,000 cats in Rome, but Saturday was all about the visit of Wales. Robert Page's side suffering a 1-0 defeat at the hands of a much-changed but ever-impressive Italy side. Matteo Pessina deftly volleyed in from Verratti's free kick not long before half-time. Ethan Ampadu's second-half red card made things even harder for Wales, but they still finished second by virtue of goal difference. Uh, Robin, no real cause for concern for Wales here, right? Beaten by one of the best, if not the best-looking sides in the tournament and having played for a lot of the game with 10 men, they still achieved what they set out to at the start of the day and, and booked their place in the last 16. Yeah, um, it was an interesting performance from Wales, I thought. Actually, well, for Italy, I just thought so impressive. You made eight changes, didn't they? And they were still full of energy. Um, really impressed. And I do think this shows that they are, I think, possibly the tournament favourites now, having seen every team twice at least. Um, but Wales, yeah, um, didn't really break their necks to do anything too much. It was interesting that Rob Page took out all the guys from the start anyway that were on a yellow card. I think that was probably sensible. You know, I think it would have been a very different game had Kiefer Moore started it. But um, yeah, it's just job done, isn't it, for Wales? Do you think it was a red card, Duncan? Um, yeah, maybe. John Hartson didn't. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's strange. Isn't it? We've seen a few of these sort of stamps over the last few days. Um, and, like, Raheem Sterling didn't get anything. Um, obviously, in the penalty was awarded in the in the Spain game, and this one was a red card. I mean, it was one of those, wasn't it? Inverted commas. It, it, yeah, I don't think you can argue with it. It was probably a little bit harsh. I don't think it was, uh, you know, willful or, or damaging. But, um, yeah, it was a strange game. It almost Italy looked at once that red card happened, they, they sort of sat back a bit. I think they knew that, that Wales weren't going to threaten, although they did have a really good chance via Gareth Bale towards the end, which he managed to just, you know, put straight over the bar. I mean, he if you combine that miss with his penalty miss um, in the previous game, that's 1.13 xg just just wasted into the sky um and that's more than finland slovakia and hungary have managed as a teams in their first two games so i mean i guess the the theory is it would be good you know he's getting those misses out of the way in the group stage ready for the knockouts but um he'd have hoped to do better i'm sure so Ampadu's not going to play in the in the last 16 game. And Robin, you mentioned about them leaving the likes of Kiefer Moore on the bench. Uh, Mepham and Davis too, albeit more, more came on late on and looked as though he didn't want to put his elbows up every time he jumped for the ball. Is there not a case to just say that suspension should just be wiped out at the end of the group stage? I think it's after the quarterfinals, isn't it? So I think they're more, yeah, they're more concerned with people uh, not playing in the semifinals and the final, aren't they? But yeah, you mean there could be another sort of a second wipe, mm. if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah, no, possibly. But um, you do have to have some sort of punishment, haven't you? For if you're going to get a couple of bookings in each game, you kind of have to. So, um, yeah, I, I, no, I, I think I think that's it's fair enough. I think at the moment. Um, Robin highlighted the, the strength in depth, Duncan of Italy, making those those eight changes. One of them, Marco Verratti coming in for the first time. That that's given Mancini something to think about as much as any of the yeah. other seven, hasn't it? Sorry, my Siri came on, which just sounds like an Italian <laughs> switch, but it's not. Um, <laughs> um, 
Yes, it's created a bit of a problem, really. I mean, it's one of those nice problems to have, but Verratti was absolutely brilliant. Uh, he had the most touches, the most completed passes, the most chances created, and the most tackles, as well as assisting the goal, which is, you know, as a midfielder, is pretty much as good as it gets. I'm sure Locatelli was sat on the bench just, you know, applauding and going, well done, Marco, well done. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it only goes to, you know, underline uh, Robin's point about, you know, how, how good Italy look. I mean, you, I guess you could argue that, you know, they're on this incredible run. They haven't even conceded a goal for 11 games. But if you actually look at the list of teams they've played, it's not it's not stellar. And you do wonder how they would do against when they come up against a, a bigger team. But, you know, it, so few teams actually manage to win all three games, particularly um, not conceding as well. So, you know, maybe they've peaked too early, but I don't think so. I think they, yeah, I think they look really, really good and, and you know, big favourites. I think it's almost like a reverse Gareth Southgate, isn't it, with with Italy? Now he's got so many players that they've almost made themselves undroppable, some of them, from that performance. And uh, I hate the word headache because that doesn't really sound like much of a headache to me. I guess it just has, <laughs> they just have to see who they're, who they're going to play next. Yeah, it's an interesting one for Italy. It's that thing with tournaments, isn't it? I mean, you know, you think back to England at the 1990 World Cup, David Platt wasn't a starter in the first game, but obviously worked his way in and, and became synonymous with, with how England did. And, you know, no team names an unchanged team for, for seven games during a tournament. Um, it is a it's a squad game. And I guess this time around with even bigger squads, it's even more the case. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they look good. I mean, even Sirigu came on to replace Donnarumma, which... Not the only unexpected Siri appearance on Sunday, you know. Hey. First yours, and yeah, yeah, very good, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that slightly, slightly undermines the competitiveness of the of the current <laughs> group system if you bring on a sub keeper uh, in a group game. But um, it's normally, obviously, there isn't a third place playoff in, in the Euros, but that's normally a classic third place playoff manoeuvre, isn't it? Uh, that Italy run gets ever more impressive. Unbeaten in 30 matches now. They've won their last 11. It's over a 1,000 minutes since they last conceded a goal. But their home advantage ends here. They'll play either Ukraine or Austria at Wembley on Saturday in the next round. Wales, meanwhile, face the runners-up in Group B. Could be any of Belgium, Russia, Denmark or Finland in Amsterdam. That one is also on Saturday. The Euros are here, and we'd better make the most of them, because they only come around every four, uh, five years. So if your bookie isn't making you feel special, then maybe it's time to find a new one. Yep, not so much carpe diem as carpa diem. Hmm. If the grass is greener on the other side, come and play on it. If your bookie's not giving you the best rewards, switch, and you'll get a completely free £5 bet builder on the Czech Republic versus England this Tuesday. Paddy Power! Pretty much bet builder bets, only match one free bet, min two plus legs, online exclusive, must have previously deposited T's and C's apply, plus, be gamble aware, talk. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Listen ad-free on the Athletic app and discover bonus content by following the Athletic UK Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts. And now, someone on this pod described Switzerland as incredibly dull the other day. It was me, probably what spurred them on. Uh, The Swiss knew they needed a result against the chickens of Turkey and they promptly got it, earning a 3-1 success against the yellow-bellied dark horses. Harris Seferovic and Zerdan Shakiri had the Swiss well on their way to victory before half an hour had been played. Shakiri scored again after half-time, that after Erfan Kovecci had at least got Turkey on the board in terms of goals at the tournament. Uh, Duncan, was I underestimating Switzerland or did they just beat a poor side en route to their standard exit in the round of 16? <laughs> well, they do look like they've got a pretty good chance now of, of making it. But um, it was a strange game. I mean, there were 42 shots in it, which is a record for a group game at, at the Euros ever. Um, but the XG was only 3.3, which suggests a lot of them were fire under pot shots. And guess what? Most of them were. And, you know, even um, Switzerland's first two goals came from outside the box. It, it was just, it was one of those slightly mad end of group stage games where Turkey were like, well, we're just going to see what we can do. And, and Switzerland were like, well, we need to score. And it was quite, it was entertaining, but I wouldn't say it was a, uh, you know, high on quality. But, you know, it's put Switzerland in, a, as I say, in a pretty good position. I mean, I guess the one thing that came out of it is Steven Zuber assisted all three goals, which puts him in a, a nice little club alongside Rui Costa in 2000 and Michael Laudrup in 1984. Is the only players to do that in a, in a single game, which is, I mean, he can roll that out at the pub in 10 years' time and, and look pretty cool. So. <laughs> Uh, one of the best displays from Turkey, I think, was the supporter with COVID-19 on the back of his shirt. Um, Robin, how bad have they been? I mean, and what do we put it down to? In terms of most disappointing performances at a Euros, this is right up there, isn't it? Shocking goal difference. Lost all three games. They were supposed to be quarterfinals at least. Worst dark horses ever, aren't they? Um <laughs> Yeah, at least they scored a goal. Uh, I guess that that's one thing they can go home with. But no, it's just been shocking, just awful. And again today, the main thing is the defence. It was Emma Hayes on commentary again. She just couldn't believe her eyes that they were just being sliced through at will. And it was just way too easy. You've got these two centre-halves, Sayunchu at Leicester, Demiral of, of Juventus, who are supposed to be, you know, their, their sort of leaders, their talisman. And they just look completely lost. I mean, I, I wonder what this is going to do to Sayunchu, especially just, you know, he's usually more often than not so composed on the ball for Leicester. He doesn't really put a foot wrong and a bad tournament coming back to a club. I just wonder, going to keep an eye on him towards the, the beginning of the, the Premier League season. I guess the good thing is that yes, they did score. And also it did feel like Jan Sommer was worked at least. He did make quite a few saves. Um, as Duncan said, you know, they obviously had quite a few shots. So I think, they possibly could have had it at more goals, but generally it'd been such a disappointment. Yeah, I don't know what the Turkish for root and branch reform is, Duncan, but but you think that there might hmm. be a, a change of coach, if nothing else. Yeah, you'd you'd imagine so. I mean, you feel a bit sorry for them in the scheduling. They you know, they had Italy first up in the opening game, you know, at the Olympico big atmosphere, small car bringing ball onto pitch, you know, all the things teams <laughs> fear. Um and you know, perhaps if they'd started with Wales uh, or Switzerland first up, they'd have got into a bit more of a groove. But you lose your first game, and then the pressure's on in the second match. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those um, one of those performances you'll look back when researching the next Euros and go, oh yeah, I remember Turkey. They were people's dark horses, and they finished bottom with no points. But um, not a um, a classic performance from them. 
yeah, UEFA were rivaling Turkey for, for worst performance on Sunday at one point, but they have now halted an investigation against the DFB after Manuel Neuer wore a rainbow captain's armband during Germany's opening two games at the Euros. It was being investigated as UEFA said that it broke their rules against uh, showing political slogans and the like, but the German FA have confirmed on Sunday evening that UEFA has now stopped that review. I mean, I suppose it's a good thing that they stopped it, Robin, but my goodness me, what a what a nonsense it was to have even investigated it in the first place. That's ridiculous. Well, why does that need investigating? And it's just countless other things that, that do. And I mean, we could go on and on, couldn't we, about the hypocrisy at UEFA, but they're just becoming, it's becoming really concerning now for the actual spirit and the I don't know, the reputation of the game. They were on their high horses, weren't they, during the, the potential Super League? And it's just, it's almost like since then, it's just been gaff after gaff after gaff. It's just getting embarrassing. I mean, people say keep politics out of football, which is nonsense, but keep the word political out of football because people are just applying it to anything now. How How is that political? You might as well say saving shots is political. So, you know, ban that. <laughs> Although, to be fair, Turkey did did go for that approach a little bit but um uh it's just yeah i mean it, you can tell how bad a decision it was because they've literally reversed it within a few hours so um but why do we have to go through it in the first place shocking stuff right we'll get back to the football next for it's a big old monday in prospect Hello, I'm Mark Chapman, host of The England Show, brought to you daily throughout Euro 2020. I'll be joined by writers from The Athletic and special guests to bring you unrivaled coverage dedicated to the England team this summer. So for expert insight into Southgate squad and post-game reaction to all the games, search for The England Show wherever you get your podcasts or via The Athletic app. We're all driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. According to their own survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Remember the last time you were hiring and how slow and overwhelming it was? Well, you don't need to go through all that again. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent. And because you listen to The Totally Football Show, Indeed is going to give you a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash totally. That's I-N-D-E-E-D.com slash totally. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed at Indeed.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Smart Speaker, and now ad-free on The Athletic, this is The Totally Football Show with Matt Davis-Adams. 
not two, not three, but four games on Monday. Uh, listener, if you thought the fact that it's extremely difficult to get knocked out in the group stage would mean there'd be no dead rubbers at Euro 2020, you'll be surprised to learn that that's exactly what we've got with uh, Netherlands versus North Macedonia. Robin, we, we've wondered whether the Netherlands are actually any good on occasion. We're probably not going to find that out in this game, are we? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, it, it'll be interesting again. Will he follow Mancini's lead, Frank de Boer, and rest some players, or what does he want that momentum? Um, I'm not sure Frank de Boer is on any level, in any way, Roberto Mancini. We're, we're still not sure about him. He certainly can't uh, rest his jacket over his shoulder as good as Roberto Mancini, <laughs> as we saw in his post match interview. I mean, it's, he's really building his brand there, isn't he? Um, but no, I think this is going to be all about North Macedonia, isn't it? And possibly send off for Goran Pandev. We'll have to see. And it, I think every every neutral will want to see him score or do something spectacular because uh, it might be the last we see of him for North Macedonia anyway. Well, he said, I think, that he's going to retire. So. Um... Obviously can't hack mm. tournaments, waited all this time to play in one and can't cope. <laughs> but um, I mean, this game possibly is just going to be an extension of the of the Denzel Dumfries come and get me plea world tour, isn't it? So, um, but as Robin says, we did, he might get rested, but I'm sure they'll be queuing up to have a, have a game. So. Yeah, I bet he'll have to play though. Two goals in two so far and he'll, he'll want to enhance his chances of a, a move to, I don't know, West Ham uh, in the summer. <laughs> Uh, Goran Pandev, by the way, was on the score sheet when these two teams met back in 2004. So, yeah, happy retirement, Goran. Uh, Elsewhere, five o'clock kickoff in Group C, Ukraine versus Austria. Winner take all, sort of. Uh, To the victor goes a place in the last 16, unless it's a draw, in which case Ukraine will take second place by virtue of having scored more goals. Even then, one of these sides could still go through as a best-placed third team. Still there, (laughs) listener? Marko Arnautovic is back, Robin, for this game. Does that mean we're all rooting for Ukraine? <laughs> um, am I allowed to say yes? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, he's an odd character, isn't he, Marko Arnautovic? Uh, not, still not sure what's really eating him. He's uh, he almost... Yeah, David Moyes got the best out of him, didn't he, at West Ham for a brief period. And just all the up surrounding him just seems, I don't know, just very... Just odd, just very odd career he's had. He's clearly got something, but yeah, I'm not sure his presence is going to be particularly, I don't know, a boost for for Austria. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I think Ukraine have actually been pretty impressive in the first two games. They can clearly score goals. And um, who had Yarmolenko down as possible golden hoop winner? Um, we'll have to see. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some willing defenders to shepherd him onto his left foot, uh, as we've seen throughout the tournament. It would help his deal with Coke, wouldn't it, if he uh, if he managed to get the golden boot? <laughs> He'll be the new face of, yes, of uh, whatever drinks brand that he, he wants. <laughs> I mean, Arnautovic did OK, as Zorman said, at West Ham. I mean, you know... Ukraine managed by Shevchenko arguably did worse playing for a London-based Premier League team, but probably conducted himself a little bit better. But um, yeah, I mean, for Austria, I think surely they've got to play Alaba a bit further forward. He's been wasted as a, in a back three the first two games. And yeah, he's making a lot of passes and looking very composed and you know good, but they are missing him. He is their one world-class player and surely they need to push him on a bit. So I mean, I think that's, that's surely a... You know, definitely going to happen. Cue it not happening. 
<laughs> uh, if you think our Ukraine coverage was a bit sparse there, listening, we've got Sasha on tomorrow, so so be prepared to go deep on whatever happens in this game then. Uh, group B, much more exciting than Group C. Belgium through to the next round. The other three teams all have a chance to... Uh, Russia playing their first game on foreign soil. They go to Copenhagen to face Denmark, who can finish second if they beat Russia and Finland lose against Belgium. Depends on the goals scored in those two games. Uh, Duncan, I guess, unless your surname is Gurianov, you're wanting Denmark to win here, given everything that's happened. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, Denmark's numbers in this tournament are really good. You know, they've had 43 shots, but have scored once. They've only allowed seven shots against them um, and have conceded three. So they have been... They've been incredibly unlucky both on and off the field through this tournament. And, you know, the fans have been great. The, the games in Copenhagen have, have been really memorable. And, yeah, I think they, they have got a chance. I mean, the issue is that they haven't got any points yet. And if they, if they win, obviously, they'll have three. In the last uh, Euros, there were a couple of teams, Northern Ireland among them, that, that got three with three points. Um, but it could be a bit trickier this time. But, again, a bit like with Switzerland today, we don't know. It's three day wait until we find out whether whether today was a good result or just a kind of, you know, last hurrah. So so yeah, let's uh I'm sure it'll be a pretty a pretty end to end game based on what we've seen so far. Uh, Peter Schmeichel, writing in the Times on Sunday, spoke of how Yusuf Poulsen's goal against Belgium was the moment football became important for Denmark again and that the performance in that match showed Danes it was OK to still be excited about the tournament. I guess, Robin, that, that what happened to Christian Eriksen, it might have given them a sense of perspective and maybe even reduced the pressure on the team to get a result. Perhaps. I just think we're not going to know the effect of this on their players until probably in a few months' time, really, what it's really going to be like. Because I just think the mental and emotional energy that would have been expended, not just, you know, at the time, and then having been pretty much forced to play on was just seems madder every day. And then just you can't take that sort of emotion and adrenaline back just because it's great that he's okay, but it happened. And I just think actually that's going to affect them however far they go in this tournament, whether they don't go through or they do. That's going to just take such a toll on them. So I think, yes, it was a huge release, obviously. And I think, yes, they can focus on football. I just think that they're not going to ever be 100% themselves because of what happened. Uh, Robin, you, you commentated on, on Russia in their win against Finland, but you were not particularly impressed. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they, uh, it was a wonderful goal by Miranchuk. That was basically it. And also what was, what was amazing, he had a really good first half. He scored this amazing goal, no backlift on his left foot. And then he just downed tours. He did nothing for the second half, you know, literally nothing. Um, and I really do think the defence, they could have got at them because uh, I did their game against Finland and, Again, like Denmark, I felt that Finland, especially towards the end again, the they just looked absolutely knackered. And I think that, you know, they went through it as well. Um, but they had chances. Russia's defence looks really, really shaky and they don't look great up top. They do have, you know, a couple of very, very good players like Golovin and, and Miranchuk and obviously Juba with his, uh, you know, pr- <laughs> just big man up top uh, presence is obviously... Uh, you know, it can, can be a problem. But I think if Russia do go through, I can't see them progressing too far in this tournament. I mean, I said a minute ago that three points is tricky, but obviously this group does have, have that lovely scenario where if Belgium win, then 
three points could get you second place. So that is maybe that's what Denmark should should hope for. Yeah. Well, let's get on to, to Belgium's game then. It's in St. Petersburg. They play Finland. Roberto Martinez, men, guaranteed a place in the last 16. They only need a point to win the group. A win for Finland would send them through. A draw would be enough should Russia lose to Denmark. And Duncan, I, I kind of suspect Romelu Lukaku is having a chat with Roberto Martinez at the moment saying, I know you might think this is a good opportunity to rest me, but I really would like that golden boot whilst Christian Benteke and Michi Batshuayi are saying... Can we have a go, please? We might score some goals in this game. Yeah, and Lukaku will be showing them Crystal Palace videos going, are you sure? I'm not sure. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Lukaku has looked absolutely brilliant so far. I mean, it's that thing, isn't it, where players leave the Premier League, our league, as people like to call it, and go abroad and have really good seasons. And people, I think people struggle to kind of put it into context. We're seeing this possibly with Jadon Sancho, but... You know, obviously Lukaku had an amazing season with Inter last year, but he just looks brilliant. And I think he gets wrongly kind of tagged as a certain type of player, you know, strong and, and good in the air. But some of his passing is absolutely brilliant. Um, and, you know, he, he was pulling the Denmark defence all over the place in the previous game. And, yeah, like you say, he, he is players don't get many chances in their career to win a golden boot. Um, Gary Lineker won one once, as, as he <laughs> mentions a few times. But and um, you know Harry Kane's got his, and and it, it is one of those things that they're so rare that you think that you know he's in such good form that they would give him a chance. But again, it's uh, it's a lot of games in a in a short period of time, and I'm sure Roberto Martinez is thinking let's uh, let's rest him. Except he is going to start Eden Hazard, Axel Witzel, and Kevin De Bruyne. So I think Lukaku will be desperate to, if Kevin De Bruyne is going to start, uh, I think he'll be going, yes, please. He's going to serve some up for me. Probably fill my boots against Finland. De Bruyne is actually on four career assists at Euros, which is only two behind the record, which Ronaldo went joint top um, early in this tournament with um, what I can only describe as the most Euros thing ever, the the joint most assists in the competition's history. Karol Baborski was six. Um, You know... (laughs) Alex Ferguson, if you're watching, buy him. He looks good. Um. <laughs> he doesn't look good, but he he plays good. That that haircut was yeah, fair, <laughs> fair. pretty unforgivable. Uh, Robin, I was having a look at the odds earlier, but Belgium fourth favourites according to the bookies to win the thing behind France, Germany, and Italy. Do you think that's about right, or should they? I mean, Germany second favourites has kind of come from nowhere on the basis of one game. Belgium not a bit more likely than them, perhaps. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Possibly, I think more likely than Germany, yes. But it's question marks over the defence and just, you know, I've, loads of people have said it before, but it just seems like it's usually the team with a really good defence who wins it. And that first half against Denmark, they really could have been two or three down, but for Denmark's, you know, really wasteful finishing, you know, they got, got it together because they introduced, you know, De Bruyne, so I don't. I'm just not too convinced by the back three, on, and uh, and also um, they've got problems with injuries as well with the wing backs. I think Torgan Hazard's injured now, um, so he joins Castagna on the on the sidelines. So can't really afford too many more of them. Um, so I think again, yes, that they they can be got at. I mean, they've obviously got real stardust in their squad. Just not sure if they've got quite enough resilience to actually go on and win the whole thing. So it's Finland they face in their final group game. Earlier, I spoke to Ari Vitanen from Helsingen Sanomat to get the Finnish perspective. 
Ari Finland go into the game with a chance of making it through to the last 16. Is that as much as you could have hoped for at this stage of the competition? I think it's more than we could have hoped in Finland. And uh, I think it's also more than maybe the team expected at this point, that there's an actual chance that Finland could top the group. That's a pretty amazing thought that this is the first time Finland is participating in this tournament and, and that kind of uh, thing is possible. So uh, it is uh, it is certainly a great time for Finnish football community and, and this team. Marco Canerva says this is probably the most important game in, in Finnish football history. Would you agree with that? Um, I disagree with him. Uh, I, I think the most important game was uh, back in 2019 when, when they secured the spot in Euro tournament. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe maybe this is his way to psych up uh, the team and, and the whole Finnish football community that this is a big thing and and, and they they have to go to the to this match and, and get everything that they can from this match. Finland's first game against Denmark will obviously be remembered for reasons other than football. How have the squad been affected by what happened to, to Christian Eriksen and is it something that's still concerning them now? Well, they were, of course, shocked and, and we could see that uh, from their body language uh, when, when they were waiting uh, on, on the sidelines uh, when Eriksen was uh, treated. And they spoke about it afterwards and, and they um, kind of like uh, handled that trauma uh, when, when they talked about it the uh, next day in the morning and uh, at the lunch and, and then uh, later on. So I think they put that thing past and, and now it's been basically about football this tournament. And in terms of the Belgium game, are we likely to see Finland kind of ultra-defensive, just trying to contain, or, or will they look to attack as well? Oh, well, you know, what do you think? I, th- I think that's the only chance that they can get something out of that game. Although they've said that they've, they've been too defensive and they, they've dropped too deep in, in their uh, part of the pitch and, and they, they should have uh, got more players uh, up to the uh, attacking uh, part of the pitch, uh, especially in in the Russia game, uh, they they could have had more from that game. They were they were lucky in in Denmark game, but then they were unlucky in 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 the game against Russia because they they had some chances there, and and then they were of course uh, especially unlucky in that offside uh, situation, which. Uh, well, without war, that would have been a goal. Uh, with uh, uh, Dutch rules of uh, war, it, it would have been a goal. <laughs> and you mentioned the, the kind of lack of attempts at goal. Timu Puki is somebody who we often think of when we think of the the Finland team in in England. How are, how are Finland going to be able to get him more involved in the game? Because the team as a whole have only had two shots on target so far, and. And you would suspect that he might be in for another quiet night against Belgium. Is there anything they can do to, to kind of give him a bit more service? I think they've lacked uh, that kind of player who could have uh, feed him from the midfield. And, uh, well, they've had so very little uh, possession that it, there hasn't been really those chances where someone could have passed him through. We are looking at uh, Robin Lude here. He, he's usually the guy who uh, feeds Pukki. And... Um, what, what comes to Pukki uh, himself, uh, he said uh, on uh, Saturday that uh, 
he he kind of felt uh, in the first match that he didn't have match fitness uh, after well shaking off that injury, and then uh, in, in the second game he felt much better, and and I kind of understood from his words that he would have liked to play the game in the end. Uh, he was uh, also taken off from the pitch uh, uh, by 75 minutes, if I remember correctly, same time as in Denmark game. But in Denmark game, he actually asked the substitution. In in Russia game, he didn't ask that. Finally then, Ari, I'm going to ask you to, to stick your neck out, as we would say. Are Finland going to qualify? Um, I think at the moment, uh, it's kind of like 50-50. You, you know that there are... Uh, plenty of uh, scenarios how it could go and uh, even a draw could be enough even a narrow defeat could be enough although uh, now it seems that uh, some other results are going against uh, Finland so it seems that F- Finland has has to get uh, at least a point from this game and I don't see that as an impossible challenge uh, uh, we know uh, from the past that well Finland uh, won last fall France 2-0 and in 2016, uh, Hans uh, uh era, uh, Finland uh, drew against Belgium uh, 1-1. Uh, before, that was before Euro tournament. Then that was a rehearsal match for them. But they, they surely did try to win that match. And in that match, there were five uh, players in, in the starting 11 uh, from this Finland team. And... and five to seven players from this Belgium side. So pretty much similar sides uh, five years ago drew in Brussels. All right. Well, it sounds like there's reason to be optimistic. We, we wish you all the best and, and hopefully we'll be speaking to you again when, uh, when Finland make it through to the last 16. I hope so. Thank you, Matt. Ari Vitanen there. Still to come, Andre Arshavin, fashion icon and Brazilian goalkeepers score again. First, though, let's head over to producer Ben and get some odds from Paddy Power. Thank you, Matt. It's me and Jason Murphy on the line. Jason from Paddy Power. And Jason, let's look ahead to a couple of the games on Monday night then. Um, Give us the overall, please, for Russia versus Denmark. This could be quite interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, so Denmark to win the game, they're four to six. I know they haven't picked up a point yet. And given the context of what's happened, we'd love to see them qualify. And they're actually 10 to 11. They're odds on to still qualify. Reason being, if Denmark win and Finland lose, we have three teams finishing level on points and we get into a mini league. And given all the different scorelines that could happen, if I had Stephen Hawking on speed dial, that's who I'd go to to try and solve this. But essentially, there's going to be a lot of drama in this Group B as it finishes up. Denmark, I fancy them to qualify. I fancy them to get the results they need against Russia to get through and we fancy Belgium to beat Finland. So it's going to be fascinating, full of drama, Group B to conclude. And uh, the other game I'm interested in is Holland versus Northern Macedonia. Everyone's been patronising Macedonia and I feel I'm going to do a little bit of the same here. Can they get at least a point against the Dutch? They can, especially now that the Dutch have topped the group. They'll be looking to stay fresh, probably rotate. And we've seen the price move. The Dutch went from 1-6 to six to 3-10 to 10 to win this game once they were confirmed group winners on Thursday, knowing that they're going to top it. So North Macedonia, to get a point or a win, to avoid defeat, essentially, is 12-5. to five. They've scored a couple of goals. Pandev had one ruled out against Ukraine as well. That was very unlucky for offside. Uh, so Macedonia, they've done themselves a great credit. So have a look at that if you're interested. But the big story that we've seen and the biggest price move we've seen was obviously Ukraine against Austria. 
a gentleman's agreement could play out here as in we've seen the price tumble on the draw from nine to four it went odds on at one stage it's now even money let's see what happens there i don't think teams can play for a draw not at this level not with your twitter and all the tv that's going to be on it and uh, so i think that's probably a bit short so you could have a look at ukraine or austria to win the game so you can back both at eight to eleven if the draw is even money possibly another angle but again couldn't be great drama again to, to conclude the group this is what we love the last round of games the Totally Football Show, sponsored by Paddy Power. Place a four-plus-fold bet builder on any football match and get money back as a free bet if one leg lets you down. Check paddypower.com for more details. £10 max free bet. T's and C's apply. 18plusbegambleaware.org. Listen, you can sign up for a subscription with The Athletic for unrivaled coverage of Euro 2020 in 2021. All the articles, all the podcasts, ad-free and Q&As with writers too. It's only a pound a month for your first six months. So head to theathletic.com slash totally. Uh, one bit of non-Euros related news. Congratulations to Hartlepool United. He won the National League playoff on Sunday. They were 1-0 up in the 95th minute. What happened next, Duncan? Um... A non-league Allison, I think it's it's best <laughs> to describe it as a uh, Brazilian goalkeeper. I mean, even in the national league, teams are rocking Brazilian goalkeepers, which is uh, you know <laughs> didn't happen in my day. Uh, Lucas Covalan went forward and, and scored a header. Very good. Into the box it goes, and the keeper's won it. Five weeks after the after the Allison thing, so then it goes to, to extra time. One thing we should point out about that goal as well: a seagull appeared right on screen after the ball hit the net. Talkie, of course, seagulls, etc. I, I I smell the uh, the involvement of Yuri Geller in that one. Uh, Hartlepool <laughs> though won the shootout, uh, and that was after some some textbook shithousery from from Kovalan in that shootout. But the good news for Hartlepool, Robin, is they'll be back on the Totally Football League show next season. And that's the most important thing. I think we can all agree on that. I haven't checked it recently, but for a long time, Hartlepool had the worst goal difference in Football League history. It was like minus 1,000. Because so, obviously they used to finish near the bottom of the fourth division a lot and get re-elected and stuff. So um, there's a target for them to come back up and, and make good that deficit. And what are the worst nicknames in world football as well, potentially? Are they still known as the Monkey Hangers? Yeah, I'm not sure that's their official nickname, but... It does take some explaining to anyone who doesn't really know the background. And even when you explain the background, you're like, that doesn't reflect that well on the town, does it? Let's go. So. Still, congratulations. Uh, meanwhile, on this day in Euros history, the 21st of June, Russia dismantled the Dutch at Euro 2008, the quarterfinal in Basel, a 3-1 win in extra time, inspired by producer Charlie's hero, Andre Arshavin, who'd moved to Arsenal six months later. Arshavin с мячом ставит корпус. До свидания! До свидания! Россия в полуфинале! 3-1! 3-1! Probably the peak of his career, maybe that four-goal haul at Anfield a year later. Uh, Arshavin, did you know this, Duncan? What what he he also has as a string to his bow, as as well as his fine football skills? Some sort of fashion thing, wasn't it? 
It is some sort of fashion thing, specifically a degree in fashion design. He said, when I turned 17, I had to choose which university to attend. My friends and I decided to try for the Technology and Design Institute because there were lots of girls among the students and you didn't have to study too hard. Or so we thought. I enrolled in the chemical technology department, but when I began training with Zenit, I had to miss lots of classes. I transferred to the clothes design department. I've designed several garments myself. Uh, He wrote a thesis on a suit that doubles up as sportswear while studying at the St. Petersburg State University of Technology and Design. I, I don't know, Robin, maybe maybe he's been giving some tips to Roberto Mancini? Oh, no. Roberto Mancini gives tips to everyone else, surely. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, he said in his pre-match press conference um, ahead of Wales, didn't he, that we may not play the best football, but we are a good-looking bunch of lads. I think he actually said lads, didn't he, from his time in, in the Premier League. <laughs> and he ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. I mean, effortless, effortless um, beauty from him. I mean, a suit that doubles up a sportswear doesn't seem to be a Venn diagram that needs filling, does it really? I mean, I've rarely worn a suit and gone, you know, I really fancy a jog right now, but it's a bit of chafe too much. So, but, I think it would be useful, though, for those managers on the sideline who try and, you know, trap the ball, because Mancini did try that earlier. And you can't, even though he was a wonderful player, you still can't do it in those dress shoes. That is true. Also, the trousers are quite tight. So I think he restricted his angle. He cut the angle down that he could, you know, <laughs> bend his knee. So, yeah. Actually, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, he had that look on his face which said he'll be disappointed with that, Clive, that he didn't manage to trap it. Um, Robin, next up for you, Spain against Slovakia on Wednesday. Uh, it might be pass, 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 but at least there's going to be something on the line in that game. Yes, uh, thank God, uh, because otherwise, yes, um, I've already likened it to that Simpsons episode where they all turn up to watch a soccer match and they just see pass, pass, pass in the midfield and then there's a riot. Um, so <laughs> I, I think it could it could be very similar because um, <laughs> Slovakia, um, they, they just rely on their defence so much and um, Spain's attack, as we've seen, is not the most uh, potent. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, but they have to go for it. Um, I just, yeah, I think we're going to see that haunted Alvaro Morata face again, I'm afraid, aren't we? Bless him. Poor lad. Uh, we might see some haunted faces tomorrow, <laughs> given that we've got Sasha and we'll, we'll see how, how Russia get on. Robin, thank you very much for, for being with us to make your debut today. Uh, also, many thanks to Duncan, who'll be back with us later on in the week. And later on next week, Jim Boat will be back as well. Uh, many thanks to, to producer Charlie for all his efforts today. Thanks also to Ari for giving us the inside scoop on Finland, but mainly to you, listener, for joining us. We'll catch up with you again same time tomorrow. For now, though, from all of us here, it's goodbye. You've been listening to The Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Listen ad-free on the Athletic app and discover bonus content by following the Athletic UK Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts. Keep up to date with everything Totally at The Totally Show on Twitter and find out the very latest subscription offers at theathletic.com slash totally. The Totally Football Show is an athletic media company production and sponsored by Paddy Power. The Athletic.